Just a brief introduction for those of you who don't really know me too well. My name is Eric, and I graduated from USC in 2015 with a master's in biomedical engineering. Uh, I work, yeah, biomedical engineering. Um, it's a great major. You should try it. Um, <laughs> I work now in uh, Santa Monica. I do things with ultrasound. Uh, love my job. It's great. Uh, but my favorite thing is just actually being here at Christian Challenge, uh, getting to be a part of what God is doing here at USC. Um, you know, Christian Challenge had a huge, huge impact. Um, that's an understatement, a huge impact in my life. And one, one of the biggest things that God used uh, in my life was trips like spring break, like the one we're going to go on next week. Um, yeah, you guys excited about spring break? I hope so. I'm excited. I get a week off work. Um, <laughs> so that's exciting, especially when you're an adult. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, my first time I went on a retreat like this was my sophomore year. Um, first time ever going to challenge, was not a Christian at all, um, had no idea what I was doing. And Jeremy invited me to go on this thing called FPC. Again, I had no idea what it was, um, but I wanted to meet some more people, develop some more friendships and challenge, so I decided to go. had no idea what was going to happen. And while I was there, I, I got to know a lot of the people in challenge who I had not known very well before. I got to hear a lot of great messages and um, spend some time reading the Bible that I had never spent before, and ultimately, as a result of that trip, I became a Christian. So, a fairly significant event <laughs> in my life, I would say. Um, and you'd think that after that, I would be super excited about the next retreat, but I wasn't. Spring break came along, and I just had the same kind of hesitancy, like, I don't know if I'm going to go. It's a whole week. You know, I can get some other stuff done or go home. Decided to go on that one as well. Um, another huge, significant time for me. Learned a lot about God strengthened a lot of those relationships, made a lot of progress in a lot of things. So I learned my lesson after that and really decided, hey, these trips are important for me. I'm really going to need to prioritize them. And I went on pretty much every one after that. Um, so tonight we're really going to take a look at why are these retreats so impactful? You know, what is the reasoning behind that? And how can you, as you go on these retreats, make the best out of them and really take advantage of the time you have? Um, I understand not everyone is going to be going, uh, but it's not too late, actually. You can still sign up, so if you... <laughs> are significantly moved by the end of this, uh, I encourage you to, I hope you are, I encourage you to um, talk to one of the staff members and you can go. Uh, but if you're not going, I, I do also encourage you just to still follow along, still take some notes. Um, there's going to be some principles here that you can apply to. I mean, you're going somewhere for spring break, um, no matter where you end up. So I would encourage you to keep listening and take some notes. And also, who knows, um, maybe in the future you'll be able to go on one of our retreats and be able to put some of this stuff into practice. Um, but so why are these retreats so impactful? Well, we have to realize that retreats like this are an opportunity. They're an opportunity to, to remove ourselves from the busyness of just our daily life and, and focus on some things that are important. Now, have you guys ever realized how busy you actually are? Some of you are probably thinking, I'm too busy to even think about how busy I am. That's how busy I am. I mean, you guys are students, so you have classes, which means professors to deal with, classmates, projects, group projects. Um, Homework, all these things. Maybe some of you have jobs, so you have responsibilities to take care of, bosses to have relationships with coworkers. Um, then also, you have family obligations. You have friends. Um, you guys need to sleep sometime, some of you more than others, probably. Um, you have to eat sometime. Again, probably more than, <laughs> some of you more than others. So there's just so many things that go on in our life that make us just so busy as people. And then on top of that, our lives are very noisy, if you think about it. I mean, with the internet and text messaging, I mean, we all, most of us have devices in our pockets right now that can access most of the information known to humankind and get text messages and look at cat videos and do all these other things. It, it's distracting to us, and we're distracted people. We live very noisy lives, very busy lives, and 
It's hard to really focus on what's important sometimes. And then you read in the Bible things like, be still and know that I am God, and you think, God, how, how am I supposed to do that with all the things that are going on and just so all the things that are just buzzing around in my head? Or let us not neglect meaning together, as is the habit of some. Well, God, when am I supposed to do that with all the other things on my plate? But then an opportunity comes along like spring break. You have a week off. And if you're going up into the mountains with us, you're not going to have a cell phone. You're not going to have internet. That's a, that's a rare thing for us these days. That's a rare opportunity for us to focus on things that are really important. But there's a truth that we have to realize. Just because you go on this trip doesn't mean you're going to grow. Now let that sink in for a little bit. That's kind of a sobering thought if you think about it. Um, it would be very easy for everyone in this room to end up on the bus ride home and realize, well, I, I'm really no closer to God than when I, when I came up here. You know, maybe I got some homework done, I got some rest, but I, I really didn't grow as much as I'd expected. Um, so it's really going to be important for us to prioritize the right things while we're up there. And it's all going to come down to your choices. You're going to get to choose what you do at the time. And there's going to be a lot of things you can do. I mean, Hume Lake is beautiful. For those of you who've been, there's a lot of nature to enjoy. There's a lot of fun activities we do, like broom ball and games and all sorts of things. Um, maybe some of you are looking forward to getting rest. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that a little bit. Uh, you're looking forward to getting homework done. There's just so many things that, I don't have to look forward to that anymore, thankfully. There's just so many things that, that you can do, that you can choose to do. But if you were to prioritize things like that, you would end up on the bus being kind of disappointed at the end when you hear about all the things that God did in other people's lives. You know, I said in the beginning that these retreats were so impactful for me, and a lot of the other people in this room would say the same, but I also know people who, they didn't really get out a lot of, from their retreats. Um, well, why is that? Again, that's because they didn't prioritize the right thing. But lucky for us, we don't actually have to wonder what the right thing is to prioritize because Jesus actually shows us. So Jesus actually went on retreats. Now, we don't think about them as retreats, but Jesus took time out of his busy schedule, too. And, and Jesus was really busy. If you ever look through the Gospels, you, I mean, you know, he was always surrounded by a group of people who are trying to get healed or asking him questions. He was uh, trying to deal with the disciples, trying to train them and correct them. He had the religious leaders of the time trying to trip him up all the time. And Jesus was human. He had to sleep. He had to eat, too. He had such a busy life. And when he got time where he could remove himself from that busyness and focus on things, what did he focus on? Did he get some extra sleep? I'm sure he wanted to sometime, but that's not what he did. Did he do what a lot of maybe your classmates or some of you are going to do to say, hey, Peter, you're in charge. I'm just going to go to Mexico for a week and get, get myself out of here. No, that's not what Jesus did either. What Jesus did is when he had that special rare time where he could pull himself away from all the busyness of his life, he invested in relationships. That's what he chose to do. And that's what retreats are for. Retreats are for relationships. All the activities that we're going to be doing up there at Hume Lake are going to be geared to helping you build your relationships. The messages, the time of worship, the games, even the living situation. It's all going to be so that you can build relationships. And three relationships in particular. Your first and the most important one, your relationship with God. Your second one is going to be relationship with older, wiser Christians. And the third one is relationship with each other, with your peers. So for, for, for the rest of tonight, we're just going to take a look at those three. We're going to talk about why are these important and what are some very practical things that you can do so that you, take, you, you make the most of this opportunity that you have this next week. <coughs> Excuse me. So the first one is going to be relationship with God. Now, there's going to be a lot of things during spring break that you're going to get to do that will relate to God. God is kind of the main topic of, of the conference. 
<laughs> Surprise. Uh, there's going to be messages, you know, the workshops, the time of worship. But the most important time that you're going to get to build your relationship with God is going to be the time you get alone with him. Um, if you look in Luke chapter 5, verses 15 through 16, up there on the screen it says, But now even more the report about him, being Jesus, went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Again, you see Jesus super busy. And what did he do? He would withdraw to distant places and pray. Jesus would take time out of his schedule and take time just to pray to the Father. Now at spring break, we're going to get about an hour every single day where there is nothing else scheduled except time for you to get along with God. I mean, you're not going to miss a meal. You're not going to miss a message. You're just going to get time to pray with God. Now think about when was the last time you had an uninterrupted hour with God? I mean, hopefully a lot of you are trying to do a daily quiet time, just trying to get time with God every day. But what, what usually happens? You, you sit down, and then your phone buzzes. Oh, you have a text message. Or, oh, you remember you have homework due in five minutes. Like, there's all these, again, this, hopefully that doesn't happen too often, but it does happen. Um, and again, that's when the, just the busyness of your life starts to creep in. But again, a human like we, we're not going to have that. And that's a great opportunity. So what are some things that you guys can do to really take advantage of that? Well, the first thing I would tell you is, be still and know that he is God. And that's directly out of Psalm 4610. You know, a lot of times when we, we get time alone with God, we just, we rush right into what we need. We read a little bit, we close it, and then again, we think about homework and all the other stuff we have to do. And we, and we really miss taking the time to slow down and reflect on who God actually is. I mean, if you think about it, this is the God who the Bible says holds all the waters of the earth and just his hand, just like that. I mean, he's the God who created the sun and the stars. He's the God who created every single person in this room, and knows us all intimately. And this is the God we're talking to. We're not talking to just some professor. We're talking to the God who created everything. Now, when you really take time to stop and realize that that changes how you spend your time with him, that calls for a lot of respect and a lot of you know, reverence to God. That calls for a lot of things in how we approach God. But a lot of times we just miss that because we just buzz right through because we're so busy. Um, so what are some just practical things that you guys can do to be still and know that he's God? Well, one thing is just maybe as you're walking around, take some time to reflect on some of his attributes. Take some time to list out some things that you're really thankful for, that God has given you. And just process these things and realize who it is you're actually talking to. And that's really going to help you as you spend time with God. And then the next thing after that is equally as important, be open to God. <coughs> Excuse me. In Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24, David writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, the first time I ever read that, I was kind of confused. I was thinking, why does David have to give God permission to know his thoughts in his heart? God doesn't need that. God knows our hearts. God knows our thoughts. And then I realized what it actually is, is David is adopting a, a sense of surrender to God. What he's telling God in this moment is, God, you know what I'm thinking. You know my heart. You know exactly what is going on in my life. Um, I, I want to know what you want. God, will you lead me in the way that you want me to go? And he's taking time to really sort through all of his motives, everything that goes through his mind to say, God, ultimately at the end of the day, I want what you want. And that takes time to do that. Again, we're always thinking about, okay, what do I want? What, what are things that I want to get out of this? And instead of taking time to really open ourselves up to what God has for us. So I would really encourage you, while you're alone with God, take some time to do just that. Just slow down until they think about what, what is it that you want, God? Just tell him. God, I'm, I'm open to what you have for me today. 
Um, I don't know what that may be, but I want to hear it. And then once you've done that, you really need to engage God in the Word. And note that I say engage. I don't say just read the Word. Anyone can read the Bible and just you know, read a chapter and then close it. You really want to engage God. You want to ask God questions. You want to wrestle with the Word. You know, the best way to do this is actually to journal. And I was very against journaling. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've only been journaling for about two years, and the first year was very spotty. Um, so we'll say one year. Uh, <laughs> let's be safe, and I'll say one year. Uh, and, and what I realized is when I write things down as I'm reading and as I'm praying to God, I really slow down and take time to process it. It's not like, oh, God is good. That was interesting. And we move on. It's like, oh, well, God is good, and he's good because of these reasons. And, oh, he was good to me in this situation and this situation. I really get time to to process things. So when you aren't distracted, really take the time to, to, to write these things down and take time to journal. The other thing that does for you is it really will help you be able to look back on things that God has done in the past. It's easy to forget. I mean, I forget all the time. But you can look back and say, oh yeah, I remember. I've actually been in this situation before and here's what God told me last time. <laughs> He'll probably tell me something similar this next time. I mean, he doesn't change his word. So really take the time just to write out your thoughts. Ask God questions. God, what did you mean when you say that? I don't understand what you're saying through this passage. Can you, can you help me with that? And just write it down, and you'll see. You'll really be able to process more instead of just rushing through things like we normally do when we're so distracted. And then the last thing I would tell you is to pick one application. There's going to be a lot of things that you learn at spring break. And there's going to be a lot of really important things that you learn at spring break. But if you, if you try to go back home and do everything at once, you're going to be in trouble, and you're not going to do anything very well. So what I would say is just focus on one thing. Ask God in your time with him. God, what do you want me to take out of this? What is one like, practical application you want me to have as I go back down that can really, I can start putting it in practice and changing my life because of it? And you'll see, God, God will bring something to mind. Now, now, what this looked like for me is the spring break that I had before I graduated from grad school, um, I didn't have a job yet. Now, some of you may be in this position and you know what it feels like. <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking and panic was starting to build because I decided that I was going to be on Christian Town staff, so I had to limit my job search to the Los Angeles area. And then I had also decided that I was gonna go on a mission trip to Germany that summer. So I had to limit my job search again to jobs that would allow me to take a month off uh, right away, basically. <laughs> Isn't normally the best way to approach a new job. Um, and so I was a pro tip for you guys when you start looking for jobs. And so I was, I was very nervous, and I was starting to panic a little, and I started doing some weird stuff. I, started applying for jobs that I didn't even want. Just like, well, <laughs> I guess I have to get something. You know, I, I applied for like a salesman job, and goodness, I, I do not want to be a salesman. Um, that's just not me. And, uh, but it was out of panic because I realized, well, debt is gonna come, and I need a car, and I need somewhere to live, and I want to eat and stay alive, so I'll need money to do that. Um, and just this whole panic, and it, it started to distract me, and my. My times alone with God became dominated by, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. Oh, I can't spend that much time because I have a job application I can be working on. Oh, but I also have homework and just all this busyness, all this noise in my head. So I get to spring break and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna take some time and just know who God is, be still and know who he is. So I did and I took time and I just thought, God, you're faithful. You say that many times. And not only that, you've, you've proven that to me many times. And just taking time to, to reflect on that and then I was open to God, and I just told him, I don't trust you right now, God. I know you are trustworthy, but I'm simply not doing that. Uh, I don't believe what you say. But I want to. I really want to get to a point where I can say with confidence that 
I trust you with this no matter how grim it looks. So I, and then again, that took time. That took a long time. And then, and then I really engaged God with the word. I took time to read verses where I knew that he talked about his faithfulness or stories where he, he was faithful to people in the Bible. And I, I wrote down questions and took notes and again, kept coming back to the same things over and over again. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that you can look at during your spring break, but that's what I, I focused on. And then I picked one application. I came to the conclusion that God really wanted me to trust him again, or maybe for the first time with that. And so I decided, God, I'm not going to apply to any more jobs that I don't want or I don't think you want me to apply for. Um, and after that, I applied to maybe two or three more jobs the whole rest of the year. And I got the job I have now. Um, God was faithful, as he said he was. What a, what a surprise, I guess. <laughs> but, but if I had gone up to spring break and just focused on the panic and just focused on well, this is a great time to fill out job applications. This would be a great time to catch up on some other stuff. I would have come down just as panicked, maybe even more panicked, because I would have less time to find a job. I would have come down more panicked than when I went up there. And that wouldn't have been very helpful for me um, at all. But instead, I really took the time to slow down, taking advantage of the lack of distractions and the lack of the busyness in my life to focus on my relationship with God. And that really paid off for me in the end. There's gonna be, like I said, there's going to be a lot of things that you can look at Maybe you have a big decision coming up. Maybe you uh, have never even spent time with God at all, and this is going to be your first time. You know, a great place to start is just looking at the notes from the sessions, but find something that you can really talk to God about and be really open with him about and see what he does. I'm sure he's going to do something very interesting and tell you some very interesting things. Um, Then it's all coming down to will will you do it when you get back. So relationship with God, most important thing. Prioritize that, and you'll get a lot out of spring break. But there's more. The second one is going to be wiser Christians. I think our generation has a, a problem, I will say, an, an issue that we like to go to our peers for advice. I have a friend from high school who's about to get married, and he has asked me for advice on how to plan his wedding. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you know me very well, but that's not a good idea. His, <laughs> his fiance would be very mad at me if I planned anything for his wedding. Um, but he asked me, and I had to say, no, <laughs> ask someone else. <laughs> ask, ask someone wiser than me, please. Um, you, won't, you will not regret it. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, uh, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Well, the good news for us is there's going to be a lot of wise people on this retreat. Um, our speakers, Pat and Dan Woolridge and Seth Gatchel, um, Alex from CIV is going to be there. Um, you're going to have all the staff from here. You're going to have all the staff from other campuses. Uh, you're going to have some staff from Germany. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are much wiser than you. They, they have experienced what you are going through right now before. And not only that, they know how to walk with God through those experiences. So you need to take advantage and, and learn from them. But you're not going to mostly learn just by listening to them speak. What you're going to learn from the most is getting time with them. Now, sometimes that intimidates us and we think, how am I supposed to do that? Well, it's actually very simple. You just ask them. All you have to do is you know, go up and say, uh, hey, can I, can I have lunch with you? Or, you know, during the free time, can we maybe walk around a little bit? Just, just take the time to ask them. What were they going to say? No. Like, <laughs> they're not going to say that. The staff understands and the speakers understand that retreats are for relationships. You know, it's not like Harry Potter where all the professors are up at the high table and all the students are down there. Like, you're going to be eating together. Um, you're going to be having free time together. That's, that's the point. That's why they're there. They're there to get to know you and to help you. Um, so just, just ask them. Don't be afraid. Just ask them. And once you ask them, don't just sit there and go, okay, fix my life. 
Tell me everything you know. <laughs> they, I don't think they would appreciate that. Um, what you need to do is come up with good questions to ask. You know, in Matthew chapter 17, um, the disciples have just failed uh, miserably to cast out a demon from this boy. And then Jesus comes along, and he's Jesus, so he casts it out fairly easily. Um, and then what do the disciples do? Do they just go, oh, wow, that was interesting. I guess we'll never know how to do that and just walk away. No, look what they do. They ask Jesus a question. They say, um, why could we not cast it out? Seems like an obvious question. And what does Jesus say? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. No, what Jesus does is he tells them the answer. Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You see, Jesus had the experience that the disciples didn't have. And if they were just to go on and just go, well, that was pretty cool, but we'll never be like that and never ask, they would have never known how he did it. Instead, they took the time just to ask a question. Simple as that. They got time around Jesus and asked him a question. And you can do that too. For me, what this looked like is um, my sophomore year. Again, I had just become a Christian. And I went on spring break. And I got a, a lot of time around Jeremy. And I asked Jeremy a lot of questions about some things I was dealing with that I didn't really understand. And you know what Jeremy said when I asked him? He's like, oh, I've dealt with this before. Again, it's that lie of the enemy. Oh, I'm the only one. No, I'm not. Like, he had done it before. He had the experience. And he was able to tell me some practical things. Like, here's what I did. And I just asked him. And we had a great conversation about a lot of things that really helped me out because I had no clue what I was doing. I was a brand new Christian. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, but Jeremy knew what he was doing. He was able to help me. And not only that, he was actually able to help me after spring break because he knew what I was dealing with. If I had never taken the time to ask him a question or get time around with him, he wouldn't have known. Maybe he would have guessed eventually, but he wouldn't have known. So he was able to actually come back to me and encourage me later. Like, how are you doing with this? Uh, not so good. Oh, well, how can we fix things? Or, oh, you're doing a good job. Like, that's great. But that's not going to happen if you don't take the time to get around these people. Again, it's, it's super easy when you're up there just to listen to the talks. Like, we're all going to be doing that, and that, that'll be helpful. But you really need to go get around them and ask them good questions. So what I would tell you is this. Just have a list of questions on the side of your notes when they're talking, things you want to ask them about. And just have this little running log, and then go ask them. That's the important part. You have to go ask. And then just see what they say. That's going to be really helpful for you guys. And again, a, a thing that you won't be able to do when, when you come down the mountain. It's not gonna be, they're not going to be as readily available as they are up there, but while they're up there, they have nothing else to do than to help you. So take advantage of that. And then the last relationship is your relationship with your peers. Now, Jesus gave a lot of time to the disciples to get to know each other. And why did he do this? Well, it, it's harder to walk with God alone. Um, it's, it's extremely hard to walk with God alone. You, you need people in your life who know how to walk with God and who can walk with God with you, who could be there to encourage you and help you. You know, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You know, hopefully nothing bad happens at spring break. Um, probably nothing bad will happen, but something bad is going to eventually happen in your life. Um, probably multiple bad things. Um, and, and woe to you if you don't have a group of close friends who are going to be able to really help you through that and be there to encourage you. I mean, just think about the disciples. What would have happened if you know, they ne Jesus never allowed them to remove themselves from their busyness and got in time to get to know each other? And then he goes up to heaven and is like, okay, it's up, up to you. It'd be like those group projects you guys have where you, <laughs> you don't know anyone. And you're like, uh, what are we supposed to do now? That would have been, 
that would not have been very good for the early church. <laughs> that would have been pretty rough. So Jesus knew this, and he gave them time to get to know each other. So that's what I would encourage you to do. So it's so easy to, to talk just about sports and weather and movies, but that's not going to bring you closer to someone, at least close enough on a level so that when you fall down, they're going to be there to help you up. So what I would encourage you is to go deeper than that and take time to get to know people on a deep level. And again, the way you do this is you just ask. Ask people their stories. There's a lot of interesting stories out there to hear. You know, ask people, how, you, how, how can you pray for them? How can you encourage them? Just take the time to get to know them and have these conversations. Um, again, we're going to be up there for a week together. We're going to be the only people we can see. So we may as well get to know each other a little bit as opposed to just being silent the whole time. That wouldn't be as much fun. And, and the other thing I would tell you to do with your peers is talk about what you're learning. So often we just hear a message and afterwards we just leave and think, oh, let's talk about sports and weather again. Um, what I would really encourage you to do is actually talk about what you're learning. So, you know, get with your friends and say, oh, when Seth said that thing last night, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to, to take that and use that? Or how can I encourage you to do that? And just, just ask these questions and have these conversations. Uh, it's really going to help you later on because you're going to be much closer together. You're going to have the same vocabulary. You're going to understand what each other needs so that, again, when these moments come, when you do fall or you do need encouragement, you'll have a lot of friends there to help you, and it's going to be a lot easier for you. I, I remember one year for us, we were all like half, the, probably all the guys in Challenge, I don't remember, it was a lot of the guys, we were all just crammed together in this one little room. It was extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> we were all just kind of sitting there and hanging off the beds and stuff. But we had an amazing conversation about what we were learning. And that was, I don't, I don't exactly remember when it was, I think it was junior year, but we, we just talked about, so what does this mean for us? How are we going to actually turn around and do something about this. Uh, we just had a great conversation, encouraging each other, saying, oh, like, I can help you out with that. And like, oh, like, I have this person who can really, you know, we can work together with. And just all these, all these great conversations started happening. And then they continued after break. And we just kept talking, talking, talking. And wow, we were, we were much better equipped to do what God had for us to do because we took the time to get to know each other and actually talk about what we were learning so we can encourage each other and push each other on. And I still have conversations with those guys. I mean, two of them are my roommates. And I, I still like, talk to them, and like, we still figure things out together because we're just so close, and we are on, such on the same page. And that's because we really bought up the time that we had at spring break. Again, there's not much else to do except have fun and hang out with each other. So, and hang, hang out with God, too. But <laughs> you know, spend, time, spend time with each other. So really take advantage of that. Because again, then you're going to come back down, and you're going to be busy once again. And, and, and the fact that all this opportunity of free time is, is really going to slip away, and it's going to be a lot harder. So really take advantage of when you're up there at spring break to, to build those relationships. Now, I'm not saying, and I want you guys to hear this, I'm not saying that this is the only time you're going to build these relationships. You should be working on these every day. What I am saying is that spring break is an opportunity. It's an opportunity that we have to take advantage of, because times like this don't come very often. I mean, especially when you're off college, it's even more. You have to take advantage now when you can remove yourself from the busyness and the noise of your life. Because again, like I said when we started, just because you go doesn't mean you're going to grow. And, and that's, again, that may be scary to some of us, but it's the truth. You're going to really have to make the right decisions. Now tonight, I, I started with a, a somber note. Um, just again, this truth of just because you go doesn't mean you're going to grow. 
So I want to end with some encouragement. God wants you to grow. God wants every single person in this room to really experience him and to grow over the break. There's no doubt about that. I mean, every single retreat I've been on have been, has been so impactful in my life and, again, changed the way I thought, changed the way I perceived the world and what I was really about. So God wants that for each and every one of you because God cares more about just a fun spring break. Anyone can have a fun spring break. God cares about an impactful life and putting things in your life so that you can have a life of impact and giving you the tools and the relationships and the encouragement from others so that you can live a life that actually counts, that actually means something, a life getting to know God and helping others to do the same. And a lot of those big pieces for me and a lot of those big pieces from a lot of the other people in this room were put in place during retreats like spring break and FDC, times when we could remove ourselves from the busyness and really focus on what God had for us. So what I would tell you is this, the week is gonna go by really fast. And before you know it, you're gonna be back in this. You're gonna have homework again. You're gonna have finals coming up and all, all that fun, uh, not fun stuff that we don't wanna think about. Um, so what I encourage you is take some time before you go and just imagine the bus ride home. Imagine what you're gonna wanna say at that time. What do you want to be true about that bus ride home? Do you wanna be sitting there kind of thinking, well, had some fun, or maybe I got a little homework done, or I got some rest, but I really didn't improve in any of my relationships. Or do you want to be able to say, yeah, my spring break was great. I really encountered God, and I got to know God a lot better. Wow, yeah, I really got to hear from some very wise people, and they really helped me out with some things that I had no idea how to do myself, or I really grew closer to the other people um, in Challenge and the other Christians I knew, and we really have a relationship that's really going really to help out later and encourage us. I hope that you would choose the, the latter choice. I hope that you would choose to make the choices you're going to need to grow in those relationships. So take time to think about what are you going to need to do to make that true? What are going to be the things that you need to decide when you're up there at spring break that, that is really going to prioritize relationships so that you can have that experience that so many of the rest of us have? And if you do choose to do that, if you do choose to prioritize relationships, because retreats are for relationships, and that's what, that's what they're for. If you choose to prioritize those, do some great things. And I'm really excited to see what he does. I'm expecting a lot, and I hope you are too. Um, but again, it's only going to happen if you prioritize the right things. So make the right choices, and uh, we'll be here in a couple more weeks talking about all the great things God did. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then uh, we'll have the band come back up. God, thank you for the opportunity we have. Thank you for uh, all the things that go into this, all the planning, all the people who work so hard just to give us this time where we can remove ourselves from the busyness of our life and focus on you and the relationships you have for us. God, I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would make the choices that you want us to choose. I pray, pray that we would want what you want for us. God, and that you would really move and that each of us in this room would be able to say at the end of spring break that we really grew and we really experienced you and we really made progress, God. Um, we know that you give the growth and only you. So I, I pray, God, that you would do that. And I thank you for what you're going to do. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.